tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello, everybody out there. This is Jeff. And I am here with Brett. Christina is not with us. We miss her. And we have um, replaced her for one week only with uh, with a fellow who has been name-checked more times on this podcast than any of our partners, <laughs> it's probably. It's true. <laughs> uh, we call him Danny Glamour, but his name is Daniel Miro Lemire. He's a writer. He's, he's a poet. He's a, he's a hardcore archivist he's a teacher Woo! a uh, bunch of kids <laughs> daniel welcome to overtired thanks for having me um i do want to say that i don't seek to replace anyone i'm just happy to be here well that's a nice spirit with which to enter the podcast i okay. still consider a usurper <laughs> fair enough bend the knee gauntlet thrown <laughs> um Daniel is actually in my guest room right now. He is guesting on this podcast from my guest room. Um, and his, his setup is really depressing because our guest room is still the like COVID guest room, which means it's not a guest room at all. Uh, it's just a but there's lots of books. Everything. Yeah, there's Sorry. books. That's what right. is a COVID guest room? Like uh, we turned it into a treadmill room. And there's no longer a bed in there. <laughs> oh, I see. Like and, a uh, pandemic, a pandemic guest room. Okay. And because nobody came over, you could just throw things into any room and it didn't matter. <laughs> it never came around to bite you in the ass. That's where Dan that's where Daniel is. He's basically and the air is not in safe the to jail breathe. in the basement. The air is not safe to breathe. No. Um, so anyway, uh hello. <laughs> hello. Here we are. Hi. Go ahead, Brett. You got something? I gotta I gotta warn everyone. I my my family's in town for Christmas, and I had some burning questions from my brother that maybe we'll get into later. But um, I invited him over for bourbon at noon, and I drank uh, two glasses. Uh, we'll say we'll say like singles, but I drank two singles at noon, and I I just like crashed. After he left, I was just like worn out. And now I'm here on a podcast and I'm super, I'm basically in recovery mode. I, I don't, I don't know what's happening around me right now. Well, you could do the exercise where you go green walls, uh, framed pictures, bass guitar, and another bass guitar. What do I see in there? Treadmill on its side. That's not how those go. Um, <laughs> it is it is a treadmill on its side you're not wrong I, I have a standing desk that i can that i can elevate and then floor this treadmill down and it's a walking desk but for the purpose of podcasting i lower it and sit in a in a chair like a like a normal person so daniel i've said a lot about who you are but actually why don't you take control of the narrative tell us who you are daniel Oh, my. Um, well, hello. I'm Daniel Mira Lemire, uh, a.k.a. Danny Glamour. Uh, there's a mm -hmm. long origin story there, but um, I'll spare the listeners. Um, I teach high school English and uh, a class called AVID, which is like a college prep class and critical ethnic studies. And I'm a dad and I got some animals that live in my house and um, and I write poetry sometimes and I blog about music sometimes and um and I would love it if if people would come hang out with me on Mastodon sometimes. So um, that's that's I think what. Oh, and I'm like you know an elderly uh, punk rock hardcore person. So um, <laughs> in punk rock ears, yeah. I yeah. I think I think you're as old now as Bob Murderer was when I was in like the punk rock scene. 
Oh, Bob Murderer. You know, there was a <laughs> That's time. What they say. That's like rural juror. Murder. Yeah. There was a time when you <laughs> you could see that guy reliably on public transit. Um, I think we had a similar schedule for a while um, coming from Whittier to downtown and um, in Minneapolis. Uh, and um, also at the Triple Rock Social Club. You yep. know, you'd often see him swallowing uh, large quantities of cider. Yep. Uh, okay, I want to say something as a, I'll be a stand-in for the listener. I have thank you. I have spent time with these two together before in person, and I while I I came up in the punk rock Minneapolis thing, I was not in the parallel existence, uh, the multiverse existence of the hardcore scene here, which both Brett and and Daniel were like deep in. And so every once in a while, one of them will just go, "Yeah, like Bob Murderer." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just encourage you listeners to just, you know, nod your heads and smile. Yeah. You'll, you'll get somewhere with it. I think it's probably a, a, a phrase that would be worth Googling. And I think all would be revealed uh, if, if the listener Googled Bob murderer, but um, also or I was Robert. thinking, I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. No, what? Oh. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, Robert homicide. Um, <laughs> this is, is his Christian name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I was thinking um, today or recently about how, um, you know, we all do sort of come from punk rock, but I think each of us sort of in a, a different corner or niche uh part of that at the same time, which is funny for a town as small as Minneapolis. Yes. Yes. And, and back in the day, there was very, there was, as the nineties went on, there was much more sort of intersection. So if you take an example, like the band Dillinger four, which is like oh, classic. A, a, a punk rock slash, not, you call them punk rock or hardcore? What do you call them? I call them pop punk. Pop punk. Yeah. That's you know, true. I asked uh, Patty on, on Twitter not long ago, um, you know, is Dillinger four a hardcore band? And he said, no, but heavily influenced by hardcore. So I don't okay. know, you know, he's one of the, of the four. So that's, you know, because they were in a way, the Dillinger four were the, um, were the bridge between the sort of more sort of punk rock noise rock scene. And then the hardcore scene. And there was, when I was in a band and playing, like there was such a division and then as the years went on, the two scenes just started to sort of like, you know, intermesh in a really cool way so that now it's kind of everyone's history. But I will tell you when when you guys show me like I saw this this YouTube page today by what was the guy's name? Daniel Zimmerman. Dan Zimmerman. Yeah. Dan Zimmerman, who who is you know, we explained this archive because it's incredible. Um, the, the page is called 25 after um, and it's, you know, Dan used to play guitar in Harvest. Um, I think he later moved to Brazil and I think he might live in Spain now. Um, wow. I'm not entirely sure, but he, um, you know, used to always have a camcorder over his shoulder at every show. And so, um, you know, a lot of us knew that there was this, you know, vault of, you know, content and, you know, we're like, when is he ever going to do anything with this? And so, um, in the last handful of years, he's digitized all these shows and he releases them, you know, as best he can 25 years to the date after you know the show happened and he'll like release it you know at you know showtime 7 8 p.m or whatever a stream a live premieres. stream essentially yeah on YouTube. Um, and a sometimes 25, it's 25 year delay on the well and sometimes stream. it's like 26 or you know with the um the code 13 disembodied video that i sent to these guys yeah. earlier um i think that was like 27 years ago but wow. also really great example of worlds colliding because those were bands that existed in very different scenes but um it, you know it's funny jeff i don't want to contradict what you said before but i to my mind and maybe this is um evidence of our different 
experiences within punk. I, I feel like the nineties were a time when there were way more mixed bills and, and bands that were really different that played together or were on comps together. Like the, um, the no slow, I'll go, um, yeah. compilation. Oh, and, man. Yeah, and I feel like way. things really, um, sort of calcified where people kind of ended up in their own corners, um, as time went on, uh, where, you know, it'd be like a hardcore show and just be like four mosh metal bands. And then, you know, there'd be mm-hmm. like a crust show. And whereas, you know, I remember some of the first shows I went to, it was like really wild, you know, pairings of styles. And it, that was so great. And I missed that. The, the first show I went to after moving to Minneapolis was at the university of Minnesota, um, it, where I was, attending school did not finish there but um uh saltines and dillinger four played at like i don't remember the name the name of the venue there uh but it was literally across the street from the hall where i lived and and i showed up um my no slow i'll go was seminal for me like back in high school when that came out and we we trekked to extreme noise and <laughs> i think we met felix that day and and we bought no slow i'll go and got an introduction to the minneapolis scene and and then matt and i all of a sudden we get these flyers for this dillinger four saltine show and we absolutely showed up for it and i believe it was all ages no alcohol Wow. So it was, it was a kind of a weird show for me. Um, but yeah, that was, that's history right there. That's good. I was wondering, um, if we need to have an explanatory comma about, um, who Felix Von Havoc is or what extreme noise is or any of that. Maybe I, I feel like that is, that is, that is Minneapolis history. We should definitely do that. I, can I segue into it by saying that like Daniel and Brett both have such deep connections to these really key parts of Minneapolis punk and hardcore history and, and things like um, extreme noise and names like Felix become very <laughs> significant so that if you listen closely and then meet someone who was from Minneapolis in those days, you could just say one of those words. F- Felix, who were on a first name basis with apparently, but uh goes by <laughs> goes by Felix von Havoc. And I don't know him well enough to know his real name, but Great Felix name. von Havoc is central. I'm not gonna share it here. It's not that difficult to discover <laughs> online, but it's not for me to put it out there. Um yeah, he uh I think he was a transplant from DC um to Minneapolis. Um and I you know, I think had had gotten sober and just really threw himself at the local scene. He was um he sang in a band called Destroy and maybe most notably code 13 for a really long time. And he still runs a label called havoc records, which is really great. Um, and he was one of the, um, people that were behind, uh, getting extreme noise records off the ground, which is, you know, and, and I think next year will be 29 years of a volunteer run punk rock record store. An um, anarchist record store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, I volunteered there for, uh, a couple of years way back when, and, um, it's a really important, institution. Uh, and I, I went there a couple of weeks ago. Um, it had been a very long time. And, uh, and I had just, I had had a hospitalization, which is a whole other conversation. And so I was like oh. running errands to sort of treat myself for being able to be out in the world and, and went and, um, and he like rang me up and I was like, I wonder, 
does he, I knew that I knew who he was. Like we'd been neighbors, you know, in East Phillips <laughs> in Minneapolis. And like, we worked on building a stage at a show space that ended up burning down. Um, and so like we knew each other, but, and I was, I, it just felt weird to like, Hey man, I don't know. I get weird about stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> and so I was wondering, like, maybe he's doing the thing I'm doing, or maybe he has no idea who I am. Um, but it was cool to see him and to know that he's still volunteering there and just really a, a lifer and an important part of what I think is an important scene, even though my participation in it is somewhat, um, you know, Waned. lacking these days. Yeah. Sure. You know. Is this the mental health corner now? Let's do it. Um, I'll kick it off. I uh, I survived my my Christmas. I my my sister got delayed by the storm in the north here, um, going from Ohio to Minnesota, and she didn't show up until like four p.m. on Christmas Day. And then they went ahead and had Christmas dinner. And given that between Elle and I and our dietary restrictions, we can eat almost nothing um, <laughs> except for like seeds. Um, they, they had they had Christmas dinner without us, which I'm fine with. And then I showed up at like from six to eight, maybe we opened all the kids presents and everyone got to give me hugs and say, thank you, uncle Brett. And, and I'm working Wait, on getting what you and L opened all the kids presents. <laughs> no, thank you. Uncle no. Brett. <laughs> we, we, were, you, uncle Brett. <laughs> we were, we were present for the opening of the presents from us got to it. them. Got um, it. I'm working on getting the, the kids to call, L Auntie L. Um, we're not married, and in my family, I think that's a big deal. And it's Uncle Brett and L. Um, and like L and I are we're kind of in it for the long haul. We don't believe in marriage. Uh as a as a pairing, we, we're not big on the the certificate. Um, but I really like I don't know how many years. I'll have to be with her before I can be like Auntie L. Um, they still call my ex-wife Aunt Aditi. Uh-uh. So. uh-uh. Yeah. That's not okay. That's got to be passed along. Yeah. Uh, you would think. But the fact is, Uncle Brett, you know, could – it could change. Like, I don't I, – I don't see a, a forever with anybody – like I love Elle and I will be with her for as long as it's good for both of us. But when it's not like, I want the ability to move on. I don't want, I don't want a bunch of kids feeling dejected because something went awry in my relationship anyway. All right. That's, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> My family has remained in town and they, they don't leave until tomorrow. And I, uh, we made a visit today. Elle taught the nieces how to uh, cast on, which is how you start a knitting project. You Ooh, cast nice. on to you the needle. On. Yeah. Oh, so it's you like you start, you start with a slip knot and then there's a series of knots that, you, that band. you you tie around the needle to begin a knitting project. And one of my nieces has gotten pretty good at knitting, but she didn't know how to start the project. 
Uh, so Elle was there to teach her to cast on. She tried to teach a couple of the others. I learned a lot very quickly about the learning styles of my nieces. Um, <laughs> I have one niece who has an interest, she, a curiosity, but zero patience. And as soon as something is too hard, she like she fucked it up as much as she could and then, like held it up as like, did I do it? Obviously, she didn't. And and then she was off. She was gone. But the niece who actually wanted to learn this was so patient and so determined and she got it. And I was it was that's the kid I have a lot of hope for. I how, think how she will be she? Um, I think nine, maybe. Got it. Yeah, it is. I lose track. They keep growing. It's lovely when they're at that point where it's like they want it. And yeah. So, you know, anything you do to help is going to be in service of that, not in service of like. Yeah, but she had the, she had the patience. She had the the determination to keep keep getting it wrong until she got it right. I don't have that. Like I I I more relate to my older niece who just did not have the patience to learn this. I I felt I I felt for her. I understood. Like, yeah, you should just go because this is going to take more determination than you have. You don't have the level of determination necessary to to beat this learning curve. Um, You're not that interested. And I think she's probably fine if she's interested enough, but I wouldn't doubt there's some kind of ADHD going on uh, in her. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose that. And she's also very young. Um, well, you've had I, a couple drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so I have this burning curiosity about like these kids are being homeschooled, which I am innately I I innately object to. Um Me too. I, given how religious their parents are. I don't like the idea of being, them being homeschooled, but in conversations, holy shit, these girls know so much and they have such a grasp on history and science and technology. Uh, they, they, they're using this method where they learn songs uh, like extended 13 minute long songs about like historical events and oh. they can sing like the history of the Reformation, for example, uh, like she was able to recite it all at the dinner table. Just real big. They might be Giants fans, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but they're also able to pull from that and understand the connections. And the interesting thing about it is like in school, we learned American history. I like we learned what happened in the 1800s, the 1900s but we didn't necessarily learn what happened around the world at the same time. We didn't understand the global implications of what was happening. And these kids have already learned that at the ages of seven to 11 years old. And, and I was very fascinated and they understood enough about science. Like I showed them pictures of my astrophotography and they started talking to me, talking to me about the the theoretical existence of microscopic black holes, and and I was like, holy shit! How how does a family that doesn't believe in evolution understand advanced astrophysics? 
And so I had to have my brother over for drinks to talk about like oh, exactly. Is, I, uh... I needed to know what is it you believe and how are you conveying this to your children? Like, and I believe in the power of song. Do you think that they maybe believe in black holes as long as they're small enough? Here's the th- <laughs> Here's the thing is they actually my brother believes in evolution. Uh he couldn't speak for his wife. Uh he said she didn't care whether evolution was real or not, but he believes in evolution. He believes in the earth being billions of years old, not 6,000 years old. Um and he doesn't believe in hell. That was the big revelation for me is that their brand of Christianity is he called it nihilism, which means They're something nihilist, Donnie. They can't hurt you. Means something different <laughs> to me, but for him it meant that instead of eternal damnation and burning for eternity, those who didn't believe were just snuffed out. Like there was a reward for the saved. Wow. But there's no there's no punishment. There's no eternal punishment uh, for not finding Jesus, and that, that was kind of nihilism, isn't it? It's a kind of Judaism, really. I uh, yeah, but it's not like arguing with God like Judaism is so <laughs> wonderful at. You know, like it's it, a little. It is. It is a little bit nihilistic. Uh, I also determined he he kept throwing around this term right leaning anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> like he oh, saw himself. I know some of them. I he think saw himself as a libertarian. Is way few yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Libertarian. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, you, you know, you mean libertarian, right? He's like, well, it's a, it's a circle, and I'm like, yeah. And when you cross this gap at the bottom, you're a libertarian. Yeah. So for the rest of the conversation, he was a libertarian, but, uh, but it was, it was enlightening. I, I appreciated yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to open that conversation up. And that's that's basically my mental health right now. That that sums it up. You know, each week when I listen, um, I always think like, well, what would I say if I was in the mental health? Like, what is my so it's it's kind of a I really appreciate this as a feature because it's an opportunity as a listener to reflect, you know, on one's own situation. But um so yeah, I just recently um I alluded to it earlier, but I had a sort of a health scare. Um, uh-huh. my, my gallbladder went, um, I'm trying to remember the sophisticated term that um, tits up and, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I Thanksgiving, um, afternoon, I was getting ready to prepare some stuffing and I was like, Ooh, I feel kind of gassy. And, um, you know, and I just was like, well, that sucks. I was uncomfortable. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't have had those dried cherries, you know? And then I just like went about my business cause I had a meal to prepare and had to get the kids together and get to my parents. And didn't think much of it. And then that night, um, laying down in bed, I had like really bad back pain and really didn't sleep very well. But I, you know, at, at that point had been really battling some insomnia for some months and months. And so I was like, well, I guess it's just another night where I'm up, you know. And um, and then the next day it was like a lot of stomach and back pain. And I was like, oh, man, um, I, don't know, I don't know. I guess I'll call the nurse line. I'm out of ideas. And the woman at the nurse line who I think probably saved my life uh, told me to go to the ER. And she's like, yeah, if you don't feel like you can drive yourself, you should get an ambulance. And I was like, oh, okay. And for me, like calling the, I guess they call it the care line, um, calling the care line and going to the emergency room are, you know, worlds apart. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of steps in between. And so I was like, oh God, you know, she thought it might've been my heart. 
So, yeah, so then I go to the ER, and again, they thought maybe it was my heart, a thing I mentioned a few times to them because they were telling people um, nine hours uh, for a wait. And this is, you know, 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. on Black Friday. Um, And, you know, I want to be clear that I'm not complaining about these people. Um, I'm complaining about our healthcare system, but there are a shit ton of people that um, end up clogging up our emergency rooms because they are in a position where they have to use it as their primary care. Because, you know, if if you don't have the right kind of job, then you don't have insurance and or if you're poor or on disability, it's just fucked, you know? And so, um, there's people in all manner of, uh, disrepair. Um, and then, and then me who can't sit still because of the discomfort. So I'm pacing around and getting side eye from a lot of people. One woman in particular just kept giving me, you know, fucking daggers. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd walk past Take it like, like a the, man, son. Yeah, exactly. I'd walk <laughs> past the, um, sort of the check-in booth and like, uh, sir, is there something we can help with? No, I just can't get comfortable. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, and then I'm still like trying to go to the bathroom a a lot because I don't know what's going on. And um, two hours later, I finally got the EKG. uh, So thank God it wasn't my heart and I didn't die of a heart attack in the chairs. Um, (laughs) And then finally they did like a CT scan and they, they were like, you know, I'm really sorry. We don't have any beds. We think, but we think it's your, um, gallbladder and, um, you know, we're going to have to check you in, but again, we don't think we have any beds. So we're just going to have you, we're gonna have you back in this back hallway and, uh, sorry again. And then, yeah, I had the surgery the next day. And, um, so then, you know, it's that weird thing of like having a conversation after surgery and not being sure when it started or how many times they had to try to have it with you. But then, you know, it's a surgeon again. She's like, yeah. Then explaining everything, of course, in all these like 12 syllable words, which she's like, yeah, you know, it was uh, took a lot longer than we thought. And it's like, well, it's all the same to me. I don't know. I was out. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was really swollen and, um, you know, parts of it were gangrenous. Other parts were necrotic. And I was like, OK, I don't like. I was like, hold on, did you, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, gang, like gangrene? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she, I was like, like I, I could have died? And she's like, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and so because it, it was like four or five times the size it was supposed to be. So um, four scars wow. because two of them, the two became one. And um, so they could get it out. Um, and, you know, and then I was like, I was like, well, maybe I'm being a weirdo and sensationalizing a thing I'm prone to doing from time to time. And so I was like, maybe this wasn't as bad. And she, you know, cause she didn't lead with the thing like, well, you almost died. And so maybe, you know, she was like, yeah, it could have happened, but we don't really know. Um, so I, a few days later, I got like my chart, like sent to me on my phone and I copied it and pasted it and sent it to my um, sister-in-law who's a nurse in California. And I was like, yeah, I guess I just don't really feel like I know how close I really got. And she's like, pretty fucking close, dude. Like that was really gnarly. I'm glad you got checked out. So that was a weird thing because, and I like had to work this out in therapy, which is the mental health component of it. You know, the having almost died, but not having experienced sort of the near death, you know, in the way that, you know, with you didn't, you didn't, and, uh, ha- you didn't have the diagnosis in advance. You right. were told in post that you almost died. Well, and kind of had to piece it together over the course yeah. of like 10 days. And so it was like, and then what? And I, you know, I always want everything to be meaningful and there's no way to, you know, and now what shall I do with this? Well, it's, you know, the same thing you should have done before, <laughs> like just be a good person. <laughs> so, um, so no, but I've, you know, I'm very aware of, um, sort of mortality and, and also um, how fucked up our medical system is, although nurses are amazing and I got really good care and obviously the surgeon did a great job. 
Um, I, I do want to just tell people as a public service announcement, especially dudes, I feel like, um, to like get things checked out. Um, uh, yeah, I've got other people in my life that have had some things happen recently where I kind of wonder if things could have been prevented had they gone in. Um, yeah. One of which was unfortunately fatal. So, um, yeah, it's just so people should get things checked out. Cause like if I had just tried to tough it out, you know, another night, I mean, who knows? Right. So, um, when I, when I had appendicitis, I, I, I waited three days. I thought it was a bad flu of some kind with a lot of stomach pain. Um, and they told me if I had waited one more day, I'd be dead. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I went to the ER on Tuesday this week uh, because my watch alerted me that my heart rate had hit 120 BPM while it had determined that I was sitting still. And I was cooking at the time. I was like slowly ambling around the kitchen and my heart rate was at 120. So I like sat down and it didn't go down. Um, it, I was ranging between 110 and 130 for an hour before I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the ER. I'm going to get this checked out. It's a Tuesday night on like Christmas break. It was pretty empty. I got seen very quickly. They did a bunch of tests. They determined I wasn't having a heart attack and like did, did some other tests to just see if they could figure out what was going on didn't resolve anything but uh but they were very they were very cool about um the care and and i really appreciated that i i feel like a hypochondriac when it comes to that stuff Uh, heart disease runs in my family and i worry i every time every time something abnormal happens with my heart i worry um i'm very paranoid that i will die of a heart attack so that was comforting but it was a weird way to go into a square dance with my mom. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, sorry. <laughs> my brain just like rebooted. That was that was so my parents had their square dance. Uh, yes. And and this is my an anniversary excuse, thing, right? Yes. My yeah. excuse for not participating in the square dance was I just went to the ER. And they told me to take it easy for a couple of days. Square dancing for a lot of people is taking it easy, I think. But um, so swing your partner round and round. Yeah, not if you've been swung. Yeah, no, no shit. So I'll be I'll be quick to wrap up my mental health situation. Um, so then I had to convalesce for a week, and um, you know, public education is a wonderful thing, but uh, it was really. Um, eye-opening how much the job crept into my life when I was supposed to be just like laying around being grateful to be mm. alive and the job and of being a high school teacher. Yeah. There was like multiple things a day and it wasn't really anybody's fault. It's just shit trickles down on teachers. And, um, and it really like, it's really given me pause to think like, I wonder how much longer I can do this. And, um, and that's not to say that I'm making a decision or not. It's just, that's, that's been, a weird thing because it's that, you know, I have felt so fortunate to have found teaching and sort of fell into it and, and felt like, um, I don't know, to have a job that I really love and feel like I'm good at feels like such a gift. And to, to sort of be questioning that is a weird place to be. 
Um, and also, um, as an ADHD person, I recently ran smack into the national or international um, stimulant shortage. I take uh, dextroamphetamine for my ADHD, and um, good luck finding that anywhere. The guy at Walgreens was like, yeah, there's none in the state in our warehouses. Like uh, Focalin? Uh, I, dexedrine, I guess. I don't okay. I think it's okay. different. Um, and yeah, it is. they were able, I take 15 milligrams and, um, they were able, you know, and it's, it's really fun to be the person with the compromised executive functioning to be like trying to <laughs> be the conduit between the psychiatrist and the pharmacies. But I was able to find a pharmacy that was able to fill, um, a 10 milligram prescription. And then I just, you know, cut one in half. And I have to tell you, um, being back on those meds today, there was a combination of that. And my daughter had a play date today and we are <laughs> not tidy people. So we spent hours like tidying our house. I was a sweaty mess. Um, but the physical activity early in the day and the clean house and the pills, I just felt like so much better today. And I'm so grateful. So um, I really was kind of in rough shape the past few days and it's it's nice to be back so that is my mental health update i um i have a a a new chapter i'm in with initially it was the shortage and there was no vivance um i may or may not have gotten some from one of the people on the air with me right now uh i can't remember who um but i um i got a letter from my insurance company that said, um, essentially, we're no longer um, going to cover you taking Vivance until you have failed at, and that was the those were the words, any of these four alternatives. And they gave me the alternatives, Focalin, what you're taking, Daniel, like, you know, um, Adderall, which it does hit different than Vivance. Yeah, it does. They're basically the same thing. Um, and like... I almost don't have the energy to be as full of rage as that actually makes me. The idea that they would take a medication I've been taking for, I think, uh, two years now. It's worked great for me. Um, I finally have it kind of balanced into an overall sort of cocktail and then say, hey, guess what? We're going to play a little game, okay? No more Vyvanse. Uh-huh. Now we're going to play Fail at Focalin, right? Yeah, like, that it's is just like, oh my God, those are such different drugs. That's like, the, the fact ADHD that they would game, push man. Towards that. Yeah. It's like, you're the worst drug dealer ever. Um, <laughs> isn't Vyvanse newer too? Like, yeah, Vyvanse is. is newer than Adderall, but it like it's the same family as Adderall, but it it uh, it it uh, moves through your system differently. Right. It's more it's more directly processed by the liver, and it's, um, and it's actually partly made so that you to kind of it was an answer to the problem of snorting Adderall. Yeah. Um, basically, it's like you can't snort Vyvanse. You can't. I mean, you can, but it doesn't can. do yeah, anything. You can. Part of the reason that works is because it moves differently through your body. So my understanding is that Adderall just hits right away um, and is a little bit and drops you off at the door, uh-huh. you know, like a few hours later. What about um, if you cooked it down into a gummy? <laughs> uh, that's hey, a good but, idea i'll let you know yeah let us know yeah. by the way there's a new cannabis shop in in my neighborhood called oofta <laughs> oh my um, god so minnesota most minnesotan thing ever <laughs> so so we're gonna have to take a sponsor break here let's do it i'm gonna tell you about simply safe did you know that property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike over the winter 
That's why now is the best time to secure your home with award-winning home security. Simply Safe is the home security system that I recommend to everybody. Make it your resolution to start the new year with greater peace of mind and safety for you and your family. Here's why we love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect TM technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. SimpliSafe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, ask, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance for massive savings on our favorite security system. Get 20% off your new system at simplysafe.com slash overtired today. This is their biggest discount of the year. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash overtired. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash overtired. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring, simplysafe.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Do you ever look at your favorite comedians and think, wow, they're so successful, they must be so confident? Every well, night on TikTok. Right? So guess what? They're all hanging on, <laughs> hanging on by a thread just like us. Thanks to social media, self-esteem is a huge part of our everyday experience. The same goes for people who make us laugh. Self-esteem party is the perfect blend of comedy and honesty. Each week, comedian and self-proclaimed superstar Alana Johnson interviews one of her showbiz pals and dives right into the core of who they really are and how they feel about themselves. Alana playfully guides her friends through their own self-exploration while simultaneously cracking them up. Each guest reveals a different struggle with their own self-esteem, self-image, and self-care. Their powerful, relatable conversations interspersed with Alana's exuberant comedy. So the next time you're feeling down on yourself, check out Self-Esteem Party and let Alana cheer you up. New episodes every Tuesday at thesonarnetwork.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to talk about Text Expander. Get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. Get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. First, you store it, whatever it is. Keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more 
right within Text Expander. Then you could share it, get your whole team access to the, all the content they need to use every day. Then you expand it, deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps you use. It is that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad. Overtired listeners, that's you. Get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Okay, ad reads. Check. Oh, we did it. Is uh Danny, are you participating in Graptitude? Yeah, I got one. Oh right. yeah. Way let's, to come prepared. Let's, let's kick it off with our guest. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um I am not a power user of um, anything that I've ever put my hands to. I would like to say that off the top. Um, but I, <laughs> and also the laptop I use belongs to the school district for which I work. Um, and so I am not able to, to do fun things with it, nor would I know how. Um, but um, I am a big fan of the iOS app, Two Dots. Two dots, which is yes. a game. It's a, it's a game wherein one uh, you know connects dots, and there's nice like chill music that I rarely turn on. Um, but you know, in those times that I I think I've heard others refer to as interstitial times throughout the day, I like to just you know have little two dots going, um, and it's good for you know sometimes you know, I might be watching a show and playing two dots at the same time. Cause that's how my brain works. Um, mm -hmm. especially late in the day when I'm not medicated, but, um, yeah, it's just a nice little, it's just a nice little game. I'm on, I'll, I'll tell you now I'm on level. Let's yeah, look. Where you at? Well, I, I want to tell you, but I, I hold on. Okay. Oh, Games over here. Click on it. I've been playing this bad boy for like eight years. looks like we're on level, um, level 2,938. So, so that's fun. good. Ha good haptic feedback. That game. Yeah. The little vibrations. And uh, accessibility for the, you know, I don't, uh, thankfully I am not, I don't believe colorblind or if I am, it's just a, just a touch of the colorblindness. Um, but I, uh, you know, they do have a colorblind feature if, if one needs nice. this. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I have also been playing for eight years. The reason it's not on my phone is the same reason it's never on my phone because it's never on my phone for more than three days. And I get so hooked and like completely like lost in it that I'm like, got to delete this app. It's too good. I've never played this game. Oh, it's so delightful. I want to say too, one thing I like about it is that they don't, it, it doesn't feel like they mess with it, you know? Whereas like there were other apps that I, that I have enjoyed both games and otherwise where it's, you know, a couple of them are getting folded into things at the end of the year, like dark sky, um, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm a big fan of GeoGuessr, but they just did something weird with that. And, you know, I just, I'd like for people to just leave well enough alone, you know, <laughs> leave, yeah. leave, leave my, just don't, don't get in there and mess with my stuff, you know? Exactly. My, my pick is a tool by Simon Williamson, who used to work for the guardian doing sort of journalism hacker shit. Um, and once he left the guardian built something called data set, which is just an amazing, um, tool for, you know, looking at, looking over your kind of SQLite databases, but he also has a bunch of tools that help you create those databases. And so he wrote a tool called S3 OCR. Um, and basically what it allowed me to do was say, Hey, there's that bucket over there. I want you to OCR everything in it. Right. And that's cool. 
But the thing that you can do next that's amazing is create a whole index of everything there. So I I, I ended up with this amazing like um, SQLite database that allows me to interact with the data in these um, documents in a way that I didn't never dreamed was possible. So anyway, it's a little nice. tool. It's a little tool that allows you to OCR the stuff you have in your S3 bucket, and that just seems so simple. But let me tell you, it's not. <laughs> so, so my my pick for my pick, you have to go back to Byword. Um, Byword, B Y W A R D, B Y W O R D, Byword. Great app, great, great app. app. It was a it was a great, very minimalist in the spirit of TextMate. Like the first time I opened TextMate, I was a I was a pretty brand new Mac user. And I opened up TextMate and there was no toolbar, there was no menu, there was nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it took me, there's this like learning curve you have to go through to realize everything is keyboard based and and all of the features are there. You just don't have a word-esque menu bar to tell you where everything is. Right. Byword was like the pretty version of that for writing markdown text. That was. I still use Byword. <laughs> yeah, Byword still still operates. Still great app. Um, and then I found uh, Multi Markdown by Fletcher Penny, hmm. uh, which was a flavor of Markdown that incorporated a bunch of things that that standard Markdown didn't like: tables and footnotes and citations, etc. Um, and Fletcher built an app called Multi-Markdown Composer, yes. uh, which currently version five is in beta and I am on the beta for it. And it remains these days my go-to for Markdown editing. Um, the engine that runs all of the text transformations and editing in Multi-Markdown Composer is being is in NVUltra. Um, it's basically yeah. the same. The underpinnings of Multi Markdown Composer are available in NV Ultra. He like he built them as C libraries that are portable to other applications. So that's what you get when you are running NV Ultra. But if you want the full version with basically designed for long form Markdown editing, uh, Multi Markdown Composer is my pick for the week. And it is it is a, an app that I use pretty much daily. I need to revisit it. I, I loved it when I think I used it around version two or three. Quite yeah, a bit. it's version five is outstanding. Uh, my favorite thing he ever added, which you cannot find in Envy Ultra, is table of contents uh, manipulation. So like you you set up headings in your document with, you know, uh, hash marks to set like heading one, heading two, heading three. Uh, Multi-Markdown Composer in the sidebar creates uh, a hierarchy of your headers. Mm -hmm. And then you can drag one header before another header and everything between that header and the next header oh, will nice. drag with it. So you can manipulate. -like. Yeah, you can reorganize your document just by dragging the headers around in the table of contents menu bar. And it has a ton of features like that that are outstanding. Awesome. Yep. Yep. All yep. right. All right. 
Buy where it is uh, $5.99. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Yeah, I, I paid it years ago and I still yeah. use it. When I'm really, my brain's really cluttered and I need to write something, I will just open up ByWord. Best, and- best, my favorite feature of ByWord that does exist in Multi-Market on Composer and in NV Ultra is command option up arrow. Um, if you have, if your your cursor is in a word, command option up arrow will select the word. You hit it again, it will select the sentence. You hit it again, it will select oh. the paragraph. You hit it again, it'll select the full document. It it expands your selection you from the again, cursor position. Hit it again, and it opens up uh, Chat GPT. Uh, and, no, uh, it opens up a wormhole, and then you're fucked. But oh, a microscopic yeah. wormhole. Yeah, microscopic. The kind yeah. you can believe in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, people. Yeah, hey, you too. Oh my god, it's over already. I'm really tired. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we hit a bare minimum of Minneapolis hardcore history. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can always do more. Yeah, it's probably the re- listeners are probably glad for that. <laughs> well, listeners, I do hope you're glad, whoever you are. Because the one listener and I know is always listening is on the fucking podcast. So I'm not sure what our analytics are going to look like. I'll still listen. I liked the sound of my own voice. <laughs> me too. Me yeah. too. That's true. Uh, you guys get some sleep, but not yet. You're in the guest room without a bed, but like, oh, shit. you know, as it goes, get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Thanks. The system is going down low.